Hello, my name is Imani Sharp and this is The Art of Thinking Being. Have you ever watched yourself or felt yourself lose respect for someone or something that you held in such high regard? Because I certainly have. <laughs> if you listen to Emancipation, you heard me sharing about my family and honestly, I was gonna call this Emancipation too or like emancipation part two, but I'm not really dwelling on that so much anymore. I'm on like a whole new thing right now. So boom, I have made a lot of people mad, a lot of people proud, and a few of them even laughed this past week. Do you all remember that Eminem song called Cleaning Out My Closet? Where he is basically just giving us, you know, a tell all of his life and his past interactions with his mother. That was basically what I did when I put out Emancipation. When I wrote it, I came off like I was literally just coming off a hostile trip. And I was dealing with my own family drama and I kind of just let the whole thing pour out into the podcast. And where all those things I said were true and completely true, I could have dialed back a little bit. The point of Emancipation was to encourage people to say how they feel Regardless of who it is, it was to encourage people not to feel muffled, say what you have to say, speak your peace, you know, regardless of who it is, and especially when it comes to family. So, after posting Emancipation, I received feedback, not from one, but from three family members. Only one of them had something positive to say, and the other ones weren't really fans of it. Not that it mattered to me. But what we do in the Sharp family is when we have issues, we send out emails to address things. We won't just send texts like normal people, you know? No, not at all. Not in any way, shape, or form. We have to have an email sent out. You know? Like, we send emails out as if we were, as if we were a corporation, if you will. And so... When I, <laughs> when I received this particular email from a family member and they were telling us about, basically the email was saying how they weren't all gun-ho about the podcast, but y'all, when I read it, I was so not expecting for it to say what it said. Well, to be clear, I didn't read it. I was kind of nervous, so I let my mama read it to me, but I was so... I was, it was just so mind-boggling to me. But the point that she made first was that this particular relative wasn't happy at the fact that I referred to them as a distant relative. When I said that, it, I wasn't taking shots. I wasn't taking jabs or anything. What I was just saying is that literally we are all a whole two states from each other, you know? So... You are a distant relative. I'm your distant relative. And I don't know what your daily situation looks like, you know, with you and your kids and your family. Just like you don't know what our daily situation looks like. And you only know what I tell you and vice versa. So, you know, that was taken to heart. They weren't all that excited about the distant relative point. But it's whatever. So they weren't happy with what I said. The part that stuck out for me when I read the email is that they said they were proud of me 
And I don't know if it was sarcasm or not, but that was literally the best part of the email for me. It continued to say other stuff after the I'm proud of you part, but after I read that sentence, the rest of the email did not matter. I was not concerned <laughs> with how how they felt past the I'm proud of you part. I took that I'm proud of you part as their way of saying, you know, I don't like nor do I agree with what you said, but you chose to do you and I respect you for it. And I ran with that, okay? Like, I told everyone that would listen. I told my cousin, I told my mom, my sister, and my friend. I was like, guess who earned respect today? You won't believe who respected me. Hello, respect? Yeah, we know her now. Hello. And, you know, it may not seem like such a big deal that they were like, you know, hey, I'm proud of you or I respect you and stuff like that. But that coming from this particular family member had me over the moon because I don't think any of them, anybody on that side of the family really respects me. And that was made very clear based off the actions and events that happened two weeks ago. So, which brings me into our whole conversation. So basically, when you have presented yourself in a certain way, like a certain character like type that you really don't stray away from people hold you to that version and that version alone i was always stuck in my role of you know being sweet quiet non-rocking the body money and i'm putting it into all of that i don't think anyone is ready for the amount of changes i'm going to be demanding and implementing when it comes to me and the way i will be treated talked to and handled and that's for everyone friends, families, and future encounters. If you know me, you know I'm really not a shots fired kind of girl. I don't come in looking to hurt people's feelings. I show respect first, and I'm always under the impression that it'll be reciprocated. But that's not always the case, at least not in my experience, especially when it comes to people, you know, who have known me for a while. So that Rihanna song, Four or Five Seconds, is literally my life story, okay? The part where she sings, all of my kindness is taken for weakness. I felt that on such a spiritual level. Like, honestly, I'm very reserved. I stay calm in most situations. I'm not the type of person, you know, to just fly off the handle when I get mad. I'm mostly a cry. Like, if you know, you know. But really, though, I'm nice off the back to everyone. Regardless of what I heard about you or how I feel about you, I'm never going into the situation already to act on those feelings. I may talk, I mean, I'm human. I may go and talk bad about you like my mom or my friends or something, but that'll never get back to you if I do. So when Rihanna says, you know, all of my kindness is taken for weakness, that made me have my own little revelation. I'm a pink thinker. I'm a pink person. And I don't, you know, and the people who know me know that. But because I'm so upbeat and, you know, I'm so bubbly and, you know, I choose, <laughs> I choose peace over chaos and I choose not to address every little thing and the things that I don't deem as fight worthy, I let them roll off my back. People think that they can just say, do and act however they want to me. Er, that's incorrect. That's not the case. I'm a peacemaker by nature. I don't like tension. I don't like drama. So I'm always going around trying to fix all the issues between either my friends or family. And I end up suppressing my own feelings. 
But by me acting as such, I feel like what I've basically done is given people the permission to basically disrespect me. And that's not okay. That's never okay. If you were to ask me what I was looking for in a person, I'd probably just give you, like, all the physical stuff first, right? Like, he has to be this tall and he has to have this, but he can't have this. And, you know, just X, Y, Z, all of the physical characteristics of what I want in a guy. And then I'll move on to the type of person I would want them to be. So, like, I like the basic stuff. Like, I want them to be smart and kind and funny. And as great as all of that stuff is, I realized... <laughs> That in all of my time, I have never said I want them to be respectful. Like, boom, hello. My is that's the craziest thing. Respect has never been on my list of things that I wanted out of the person. I've always just been under the impression that they would respect me off back because I was respectful first. And that's not always the case. And that's for anybody. Like, I can't assume that people will respect me back just because I showed it first. It'd be great if that's how that worked, but that's not. That's not how everybody is. Everybody is not, you know, willing to be like, oh, well, you know, she wasn't rude. There's a reason to be rude back. They just kind of come off with the energy that they want to give you, and you, they expect you to adjust, you know? Same things for friends. What I look for a friend is somebody who's there to celebrate me, you know, in my good moments, and who was there to also help me in my down moments. I've had the two same friends, you know, my forever friends since middle school. And at this point, I just know they aren't going anywhere. And neither am I. But I set a standard that I haven't strayed away from neither of they. Now, I have used curse words, you know, when I get mad or frustrated. But I've never used those types of curse words towards my friends or in reference to my friends. Like, you know how girls will greet each other and I'd be like, hey, beep. <laughs> I don't, I'm not trying to say the word, but you know, like, hey, beep, like, that's my B, the system the third. You know, I don't, I don't talk like that anyway. So I don't talk to them like that at all. And I've made it known to them. Like, this is not how we greet each other. Like, you talk, you can talk to any of your other friends that way. But when it comes to me, I was like, we don't say stuff like that to each other. And I've had to correct them a few times because they forgot who I was and how we talked to each other. But, like, you know, it was an accidental slip-up. They are used to talking to other people like that. But it gets corrected when it comes back to me. Honestly, y'all, I feel like once I hit 20, I really started living. <laughs> like, I am feeling mature. There was this question my mama had asked me. And she was like, what does 20-year-old Imani look like? And honestly... I really didn't know where she was going with this question. I don't know if I was in trouble or not when she asked me this, if we were just having like a basic sit down or whatever. But she asked me, she was like, what does 20 year old Imani look like? And I'm like, she looks like how I'm dressed now, does she not? And that's not what she meant. So I think what I went on first was like the physical stuff, you know? Like 20 year old Imani, she has she has a nose piercing which i do now she has her hair dyed which i do now and she has you know like maybe two tattoos and i am like two-thirds complete of my transformation but aside from the physical stuff 20 year old me is 20 year old me is you know who who do i want to present off as 20 on the inside
So, 20-year-old Imani looks like in my head, you know, she speaks her mind. She addresses issues, and she doesn't suppress her feelings. She gives respect, and she also demands it back. She's goal-driven, and she's confident. Now, if you know my mama, <laughs> you know that I basically act like her. So, I have all of, I have pretty much all of that because she's pretty much all of that, you know? And the part I'm working on really trying to implement with the rest of this stuff is the demanding respect back part. That's why when I made Emancipation, there is so much controversy by some people because the people who know me, they are so used to being like all soft and gentle. Like, you know, it's okay. Well, no, it is no longer okay. So they aren't used, to, they were not at all expecting for me to say what I said. They weren't used to me being so bluntly, so blunt and just saying how I felt without, you know, filtering. To be honest though, I, I normally put my mind through like 15 different filters before I say anything. I go through like multiple filters just to appease to everyone, make sure no one is offended by what I said or how my tongue was or just trying to make sure everybody's happy, right? That's just the inner peacemaker in me. And I'm so concerned about not offending you and saying anything hurtful to you, even though you weren't concerned about this hurtful thing you said to me. And I'm quitting that. I'm I'm literally, I'm stopping all of that. There's no more filters. I'm not coming off, you know, just aggressive to be aggressive, but I'm, if you're not filtering with me, I'm not filtering with you. I feel like that's where I'm at. And honestly, the way I've been feeling on these past couple of weeks, anybody, everybody is like really lucky if I even choose to filter what I say at this point. Because again, it's not like you're filtering yourself to spare my feelings, so why should I? And this isn't a tip for tap thing, but like, I want to be honest, a lot of people just talk and say whatever they want to me, not knowing how badly the things they said hurt me and how long those words have ran through my head. And on a repeated cycle, like that might have happened eight, like when I was like eight years old, but it stuck with me. And it's something that like I think about, you know, every so often and I can't get over it because it's not like we talk about it, you know. And when we do try to like, hey, you know what you said hurt me. Or I didn't like when you said this or when you did that or when you told so and so this and that and answer to justify themselves. I on I hate I hate this kind of a person, like, because it gets on my nerves. So what they will basically do is that they will try and justify themselves by saying stuff like, you know, this is just me. This is just how I am. You know, this is how I talk. And no, that it's, it's really, it's not okay. That's not, that's not something I'm accepting anymore. If you know not to raise your voice at your boss, then you can definitely filter yourself when you're talking to me. Like, what do I have to do? Pay you? I have to I have to compensate you in some way, shape, or form for you to adjust your tone when we're having a conversation? Because it's not a thing of it just being your personality. It's either you can't or you won't. You either are incapable, like you are physically not able to fix your tone and how you treat me, or what you're basically saying is no. I know what I'm doing. 
I know that you don't like it, but this is what I'm going to do anyway. Because if that's what it is, then <laughs> we really, there's no reason to keep a relationship with you. We have nothing else to talk about. Because if I'm not talking to you or treating you like that, don't talk to me and treat me like that. Like, you all know that I'm a very emotional person. And <laughs> I feel everything. When I say I feel everything, I mean I feel everything. I feel how your tone word was when you said what you said. I feel the words you said when you said what you said. And that, I don't know what it is, but that's something I can't shake. I feel all of it, you know? It's, it's just something that, <laughs> it's just something that, that's in me. So... You would think that, you know, the people who claim to know me the way they think they do would understand that when it comes to me, we can have a conversation. We don't have to have a screaming match. But unfortunately, that's what it came down to. And I didn't scream at anyone, but I did. Like I told y'all, I did send out, you know, my messages and my emails to everyone who had something to say that night. And I addressed what I felt like needed to be said, and I said it how I wanted to say it. I wasn't filtering at that point. It's like in my family, no one seems to hear you until you start acting out of character and getting out of pocket. And, you know, it's like not until you start cursing at people and talking back and getting loud and putting your fingers in people's faces that they want to shut up and listen. And it's not my character, but it really does seem to be the only thing that works for these people. And I don't, I don't get it. I don't like it. But, you know, that's what it ends up having to be. It's like no one is capable of having a sit-down conversation and talking about, you know, what went wrong, where the miscommunication was, who said, who said what, and why I feel the way I feel without getting out of pocket. You know, there's this place that I heard a lot about, you know, when I was growing up. And I don't know if you all have ever been, but, you know, it's this place that parents told their kids a lot about the place that they could go and stay when the adults were talking. They called it a child's place. And, you know, I've got aunts and uncles and grandparents who come from the children are to be seen and not her generation. And that really doesn't fly with me or Indy. We're more like the C.U.S. hear us generation. We ask questions. We expect answers in return. And I don't think everybody is used to that. Like, we more so come into contact with adults who are like, I don't have to explain myself to a child. And we're looking like, why don't you? Like, where is that written at? That you don't have to explain yourself to a child. You know? To me personally, I feel like whenever that thing and that child's place thing is used, it's because adults are caught up in something that they know they shouldn't be in. And then that kids ask them about it and because they know that they're wrong and don't know how to explain it but and they don't feel like they have to justify themselves or explain anything, they tell them stay in the child's place. Incorrect. Real quick, let's talk about Shannon, okay? Shannon is my mother, and yes, I call her by her first name. Why? It's a long story. Mind your business. But when my parents divorced, we lived with her, and we kind of became more like roommates as we got older. Me, her, and Indy. 
she would go on dates and we would act like we had a say so and we'd tell her she had a curfew and we were only halfway kidding but she was always very open and very honest with us about literally everything even the stuff like you literally could not care less about and stuff you don't want to hear coming from your mama but um <laughs> what i loved about her being the main parent is that although she was in charge and she ran the house how she wanted to like run the house she ran it with compassion and she ran it with honesty and trust and above all else she ran our house with respect and our house respect wasn't something that you know you had to fight tooth and nail for it you know if you gave it you got it and you know i, I appreciate that there were no secrets, no dishonesty or belittling. To be honest, we are a very tight bunch. We all we literally do is we laugh, hug, and kiss each other. Like, a lot. <laughs> but just because this is how we interact with each other and how we treat each other doesn't mean that we can expect all of our family members to follow our lead on how you should not just talk to, you know, your family, but to people in general. Like I said earlier before, I've lost a lot of respect for a lot of people as of lately. But this woman will always, for the rest of my life, until the end of time, have my, my undying respect for everything. I promise you, she will forever have my respect. For someone who's been bullied, beaten, abused, and sent out the country by her mother with no warning, had a toxic relationship, got divorced, and raised two girls by herself. Shannon is a whole goddamn superhero, you hear me? Like, literally, she is a superhero. Like, there is nobody like her, to me, that exists. And I'm not just saying that, you know, because she's my mom, but she learned how to turn her lemons into lemonade without letting her lemons turn her heart. Like, do y'all get that? We, she didn't let the situation change her, who she was as a person. I feel like that's what we end up letting our situations, like, turn us into people that we weren't before. And then that ends up being who we choose to be. And then we start treating people just terribly off the bat, all because of the situation that we're in. She didn't ask to be put in any of those situations. And honestly... She, had, she would have had every right, every right in the world to behave and act the way she could have acted based off her previous experience. And, you know, knowing what I know now, I couldn't have been mad at her. I really couldn't have. Because that was, that's hard. I don't personally know like that, but I do. I acknowledge that all of that had to have been hard. But she's so admirable to me because she... She chose to make the best out of her situation. She chose to learn from her experience and make the best out of it. And she just, she poured nothing but love and trust and respect into me and my sister. And it just, it, that's what was in our house, you know? <sighs> love that woman. But back to this, when it boils down to it, I don't need my family or other people in general to like or accept me in whatever it is I choose to do. 
but what needs to happen is that there needs to be a respect level set the boundary line has to be made clear and then the consequences have to be given if the first few aren't followed i have spent 15 of my 20 years of life being disrespected through words and actions by people i loved who i thought loved me having to bury and push down my own feelings to accommodate for the ones who have never and would have never done the same thing for me. I spent those 15 years in fear of, you know, what if they stop talking to me? What if one of them dies and we never reconcile? What if my biggest fear? <laughs> what if I get kicked out the will, you know? <laughs> and all of these other negative thoughts occurred of what would happen if I chose to speak my mind, if I made them listen and take ownership for all of the wrong they did. Then it hit me. I'm 20. And as much as I want and crave a relationship with, you know, each and every one of them, I don't desire the extra BS that comes along with it, you know? If either one of us were to die, depending on who was wrong, you know, all that's up to God. I have nothing to do with that. But, uh, <laughs> I have nothing to do with that. But, <sighs> But as for the whole situation, I was the most nervous about the will. Ever since I can remember, I was promised this glass case that's in my grandmother's house filled with these diamonds. And I, it was it's supposed to be mine, you know, whenever she had passed on. And I was, um, what was it? It's supposed to be mine. And... All I know is that if I'm kicked out the wheel and someone else gets my glass case, I will eliminate that whole house like Beyonce. Baseball bat and all. Like, I'm <laughs> swinging. I'm hitting everything. If I can't have it, nobody else can. I'm kidding. Kind of. But, <laughs> but really what I came to is that I realized that my peace and self-respect and happiness they trump any relationship, blood or otherwise. They override any possession or any money that can be given to me, you know? And <laughs> they override anything that I could be given to be held or like put in a place where I feel like I have to still be quiet because of my fear of missing out on something. I'm 20, I have a job, if I want something, I can buy it. And if I can't buy it, somebody else most definitely can get that for me. You know? Which is, and honestly, knowing all of that, this is why I continue to stay pink. And this is why I look at people the way I do. I know that with... You know with patience and everything that like that i have that, I'm, that i have willingly to give everybody you know i have all this hope and all like, i have all this hope to give them like they'll, they'll come around eventually and stuff like that i have nothing but the best intentions to give people and i feel like people regardless of 
past experiences are still still have nothing but the best intentions to give to me and I will still continue to give people chance after chance and I will still choose peace over chaos but something that I will never do again is accept or tolerate disrespect from anyone in any way shape or form and I suggest that you do the same Again, my name is Imani Sharp, and this is the art of thinking pink.